RadioInfluence.com. Hey gang, this week's episode of the Real Animals Podcast. Super excited to get to sit down with my good friend, Captain Tad Vandermark. Tad is a, an old friend of mine from the Pro Redfish Tournament days, a, a truly, truly special angler, just a great guy, was always super competitive on the tour. He uh, lives in Charlotte Harbor now and is a, a, an absolutely phenomenal permit fisherman, probably one of the best in the country uh, overall, day in and day out. Um, always enjoyed uh, spending time on the tour with Tad, just a big personality, a lot of energy, and a great fisherman. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I'm looking forward to doing it. This week's episode of the Real Animals Podcast, I'm uh, very blessed and pleased to bring you my good friend, Captain Tad Vandermark. He is the host of True Fishing TV, a longtime, longtime friend of mine from back in our days on the Pro Redfish Tournament Trail, and quite frankly, one of the best fishermen in the state of Florida. How are you today, my friend? You know what? I'm good, Mikey. I really am. I'm really good. It's uh, good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you too, man. Good to hear your voice here. We've been able to chit-chat a little bit here the last couple of days. I always enjoy running India and getting caught up. So we, 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 we I like to start these with, um, you know, Captain Tad Vandermark, you know, now you've got the TV show, True Fishing. You know, how did this all come about? How did Captain Tad Vandermark, how did he come out, come into being? I mean, what's the story there? <laughs> you don't have 16 months, do you? <laughs> I don't. Uh, well, I guess, I guess the easiest way to do it is like this, Mike. Um, I, I grew up in South Florida. And uh, I was always, uh, I was always a fisherman of some kind or another. Whether it was a charter boat fisherman, whether it was a weekend warrior or, or whatever. And when I was younger, I said, you know, I'm going to be a guide when I get older. <laughs> and my dad and my father said, you're a dummy. You don't make no money. And well, you know how that is when your parents tell you not to do something <laughs> when you're younger, by golly, George, you're going to do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I did. And, uh, I started guiding the, in Miami and then I moved to the Keys and I kind of got hooked up with, uh, Charlie Rowell and Rowell's Marina. He was, uh, at the time, uh, way back when was a ranger dealer. And that was kind of where the, the IFA and the Redfish Tournament world came about. Was that there in Key Largo? So, yeah, it was in Key Largo. Yep, yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that's the first big ring that used to come to. Yep, I remember, yeah. Okay. So uh, we, we got a little bit of that love in us and got a little bit of that in my blood, which that ruined me for life. <laughs> so uh, I, I became um, involved in the the whole world of the tournament trail, the, the FLWs, the IFAs, the, you know, they're just, there were so many, the, the Redfish Cup, I mean, they all came and they all went, there's still a few that are here and there. And I fished, I fished everywhere. I mean, I fished, uh, you know, down south, out west, up north, out east. And um, when my days of the tournament trail became a little numbered, uh, that would be due to, uh, as we call it in the fishing world, old age, <laughs> uh, the body just don't work like it used to those 120 mile one way journeys. Just don't, they just don't take, yeah. take liking to your body anymore. No doubt. I decided to kind of cut it down for, uh, just, uh, just, I'm fishing again on the tour. But uh, I got a new partner, and it's uh, one of my priorities is I got to eat good, I got to sleep good, and I got to have fun doing it. Uh, this is not a job for me anymore, like it was. Right. So I, I've I've enjoyed it. I've only fished with him three times, but I've enjoyed it. I really have. It's been something that I hadn't, not that I didn't enjoy it before, because I met a lot of great people. You know, you included, and you know the pet partners that you have. And, the affiliates that you had, the, you know, the Kenny Hyatt's of the world, <laughs> right? you know, and the Billy Nobles and the Jamie Goodwins, you know, and the J uh, Jeff Hagemans and, 
you know, all those guys that were all kind of like y'all's clan. It was, it was always, uh, it, it was always a, uh, just an honor to be a part of it. I mean, well, you know, you, it was, we met a lot of great people. To be fair, to be fair, and I can see you're going to try to glass over all these highlights, but you had a pretty good career there, my friend. I mean, 2006 FLW uh, World Champion uh, on the Redfish Trail. 2007, you were the FLW Team of the Year. Um, didn't you guys, I want to say you, didn't you and Blair win an IFA championship as well? No, you know, to be honest with you, that's the only thing I've never won. And, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take... I'll, I won't. I won't pass over it, Mikey. I mean, I'm not one to, you know, take a lot of thing. But I worked hard. You know, yeah. I did. I, when I first started in 2000, and well, I started in 1999. Had various partners, but it was a job. Yeah, I, I approached it as a job. Uh, I had, you know, uh, large mo- amounts of sponsorship money that helped me pay for my way. Right. Uh, whether it was hotels or gas or entry fees or no product or boats or whatever. And, uh, if, if you, it's just like anything else and you, you are know exactly what I'm talking about. If you put your time in and, and you walk at it and you do your job, you're going to be successful. Now you might not win them all. And you, you know, in, in, in today's world, you're not going to win them all, but by golly, George, if you work hard and you finish well, then you feel like you've done your job. So, in that, that aspect, um, you know, my, my top year, you know, was like 2005, 2006. You know, I fished with uh, the Blair Wiggins of Addictive Fishing. Yeah. And the we did, we won the, yeah, the Mogan Man, you know, who I'm still great friends with to this day. And we won the championship. So it was, uh, it, that was my first major big win. And I, I think, uh, however old I was in 2006, um, there's a lot of pictures that are flying across the internet those years <laughs> where I was jumping in the air. And I, I, I never knew I could out-jump Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was that was Pensacola, right? Was that Pensacola? Yeah, it was. That yeah. was Pensacola. Yeah, that was the one. I think Kenny and I, Kenny Hyatt and I fished that championship, so... Um, I was fired up when if we weren't going to win it, and then you and Blair won it. I was I was at least able to be happy for you guys. So that uh, that was one that fired me up. That was a tough fishery. Now I don't think people really understand how you know when you say you know put your time in and and do the work and all that stuff. I mean for me it was always. I mean if you weren't going to pre fish for you know seven to ten days to really get a pattern down and really figure your fish out and really cover a lot of water, I just found you couldn't compete. I mean, until I started to gear into that mode where you were pre-fishing for a whole week minimum, you know, that's when I started to take checks and compete. But initially, you know, go out there two days before or three days before, it just wasn't enough time to cover the water and, and learn all the nuances and all the places that we were you know, just coming into that, at least for me, I, you know, I had never fished Jacksonville before. I had never fished St. Augustine. I had never fished Titusville, you know, until the tour took me there. So I had to go into those estuaries and try to learn, you know, how the fish act. I mean, how do you fish Mosquito Lagoon with no tide? The only thing that moves the water is the wind. You know, those are things that I think are really, really challenging that people don't understand. You know, it's one thing to be a good red fisherman on Tampa Bay where you, you put in some time and you figured it out and you can fish, you know, a couple weekends a month and start to pattern them over years of fishing and growing up on this estuary. But now, you know, going right. to an estuary like Jacksonville where everything's mud colored and you go from a foot and a half, two foot tide to a four to eight foot tide, you know, it's a totally different world. It's really hard to do. You know, and it, it, and it is, you know, and if, if you go back and look and I, I was very fortunate in my career, I mean, uh, I, I won the, I'm here looking at the trophies if you want to know the truth. <laughs> nice. uh, I won the FLW Redfish Championship. Uh, I won the Western Division, Cocodri. I won Venice. I won Port Aransas. Uh, I won another one that is broke, and I won uh, <laughs> Western Division Team of the Year. But, you know, when we first started, and this goes back to what you were saying, you know, none of us 
uh, in the world in the tour, you know, I mean, for us to get in a boat, uh, let's just get in a truck first and figure out how to pull our boats across the country, you know, and, and where to stay. And then when you go to say, let's just say we're going to Cochrane, okay, uh, wh- where, where do you stay? Where do you eat? Right. Or where are the boat ramps? Yeah. You know, and those are all the things that those are all the things that came into play. I mean, um, yes, we were outdoorsmen. You know, we all, most of us, uh, still hunt and fish. And you know, I think we talked last weekend, and I was, well, I was, I was bothering your hunting because you were in a tree stand. <laughs> right. But you know, we all do that, so we got a pretty just idea of kind of how to figure it out. But uh, like you said, when you go to new areas, whether it's in Jacksonville or a Titusville. Or, or uh, Louisiana or yeah. Texas, right. everything is different. Yeah. It, it's you know, I mean, a redfish is a redfish. Yes, no question about it. But I mean, we we don't have the lures and the line and the rods and the reels and the tackle that we have because we catch them the same everywhere. Right. You know, f- food is different. The grass is different. You know, oysters are different. Um, you know, tides are different. Wind is different, and, and those are all the things. That back in the day, you know, in the early 2000s, that we all figured out, you know, we all, you know, we either failed miserably at a tournament and were very disappointed, or we did well because we figured it out. Right. You know, we had the 7 to 10 to 12 days. And to be honest with you, you know, and I, I know people would disagree with me, but I think that's what's made that generation uh, of a charter boat captain uh, a better a better charter boat captain uh, because we've been around to these places, you know, whether it was Moorhead City, North Carolina or Jacksonville or Key Largo or Steenahatchee or, you know, or Port, you know, somewhere in uh, Perdido Key or, you know, Louisiana or Brownsville, Texas or Corpus Christi. It don't matter. Those places were all different. And when you come back to your home waters, it, it kind of, uh, and I use this on my show all the time. I say, you know what? If it's not working, you got to diversify your portfolio. Right. You, you, you got to change things. You know, if you're throwing a lure that's not working, and you can see them, either they ain't eating, or you're gonna have to change. Whether you know, and you're a big Maradine guy like I am. Yeah. You know, Merit. You know, Botnik makes seven hundred colors, <laughs> and and people don't realize that sometimes color is a huge factor. You know, whether it flashes a little bit more than sometimes or it's a little bit more non-intrusive. But those are all the things that you learn. And I think that we learned those kinds of things when we were on tour at all these different locations, which made us a better charter book Well, and, and it's interesting because now it's uh, it's it's November uh, 2019. So July 2020 will be 20 years that I've been guiding. Um and I was actually at the very first IFA tournament in Jacksonville before I had my license. So it's been going on 21, 21 and a half years, something like that. It's really been the, yeah. the Redfish tour, the pro side deal. Um, and, and I know for a fact that being able to look at the charts you know, garner as much information as you could from the streets, from the mom and pop tackle stores, um, from spending, you know, sun up until sundown on the water, you know, doing a drive through and then redoing your tackle or swinging by another mom and pop tackle store to pick up different colors or, or whatever. I know for a fact that all of those things that we had to do, that I had to learn. And again, I was really, really green. Um, when I, when I first got into it, really green. I, I'm one of those ambitious types where I like, I put my mind to it and I might not should really do it at this point in time. Cause like, I might not really be ready, but I'm like the stupid guy that says, yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, that's kind yeah, of, I think, I think, I think that's our generation, you <laughs> and myself, but there's a few of us that are that way, you know, and you, I agree. There are times that we probably should have said, ah, maybe I shouldn't do that, but that's not going to happen. That's yeah, not going to work. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go be a charter captain anyway. Um, and, and I was really green, but I believe that the time on the tour um, really helped enhance my ability to catch fish here 
in different conditions. You know, I mean, we've got beautiful conditions here in the Tampa Bay area today and tomorrow, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. We're going to have, you know, 20, 25 mile an hour winds. The high is going to be 72 all day long. So, I mean, you know, in, in, and back in the day when I was just fishing every day, you had to, you had to get your customers on fish today when things are beautiful. And then tomorrow, you had to figure out how to get them on fish when they shouldn't eat, probably oh, yeah, yeah. won't eat, and, and you shouldn't even be on the water. Um, and I right. think I think all of that comes you know, it's, it's, from it's our time of, in the tour. I, I was just going to say, I think that that time on the tour has, uh, you know, they always say that an older guy is wiser. You know, well, you know, in this particular case, I think after being on the tour for as many years as we were, and, 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 and there were times where we all struggled, you oh, know, sure, sure. Uh, you know, there was times when we went to, we went to a venue, you know, and we would get to a venue and uh, we'll just use Pensacola, for example, you know, you get to Pensacola and you know, you, you just say, you know, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there and I'm going to hear, and I'm going to fish these dogs. Well, one of those four places, you're like, damn, man, I'm catching 15 pounds. You know, I'm the man. You know, and, and you've got, you know, you've got nine days until that tournament starts. So, you know, you've got to kind of keep an eye on them. And then all of a sudden, like you say, it's beautiful for six days and then the bottom drops out. Well, you go back on that seventh day and you say, what happened to Thelma and Louise? Where'd they go? <laughs> right. they, they go on, you know, they check down to the hills and they're going over to the height somewhere. You know what I mean? Yep. And you got to and you got to figure it out. You're like, where the hell do they go? What do you got to do? And 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 I, I I agree with you. You know, uh, out of all the places that I fished on the tour, and I didn't. I mean, I fished a lot in Texas, a lot in Louisiana, uh, a lot in Alabama, and a lot in the state of Florida. I didn't fish that much in the Carolinas. I did fish a few, but um, if you take those four states, uh, this state by far, Florida, is by far the hardest state. There is because redfish. Well, I'm not saying that it's hard 365 days a year, but there are times when it's difficult to catch redfish in the state of Florida. Sure. And, and, and I believe a lot of that has to do with the amount of pressure that these fish get, you know, that, that they are, you know, uh, susceptible to because of all the people that live within you know, 10 miles of the coast of the state of Florida. So right. uh, when we went to, remember when we used to go to Louisiana and you know, we'd go there and we'd be ready to cast, you know, 70 yards down the, down the shoreline because that's what we thought we'd have to do because that's what we did in Tampa Bay or in my oh, case, Robert. Port Charlotte, you right. know? Mm-hmm. And, and when we got there, well, literally we could just drop the lure next to the boat and catch them. <laughs> right. Troll the motor right up on Remember that? that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. So, you know, and, and so things are different everywhere. But, um, you know, it was always uh, – those are some of the things that you miss. Uh, I, I mean, I know you, you made a great name for yourself and your show. And um, I'm always, I always love when people ask me about questions about people in the industry because – it's very nice to know these guys fish against them and with them and for them and around them and 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 you are one of them. So it's it's been a pleasure, um, you know, to have you uh, around. It's made me a better fisherman. And um, you know, when you guys were down here playing tarpon world, it's it's it was always uh, you guys were always somebody that I always looked up to because you always did your job and it made me work harder. So that was always a good thing. Well, we had to work hard because we knew you were working hard. Dad. We, did, we didn't have any choice. We didn't <laughs> well, have any choice. Well, you know when it came when it came to those Silver King dudes, I, you know I just I fished a lot of them in the Keys when I was there, Mike. And then when I came here, and I know this is you know tarping capital of the world, but it's done so different here than it was when I lived in the Keys. You know, you were right. fishing them in the Keys in you know three to six, seven feet of water. Well, here, you know, you're fishing in the past, you're fishing on the beach, and, you know, there's 900 guys. So, uh, to be honest with you, I, I got to the point where I, I didn't even want to be a part of it. Yeah, I don't believe And it that. wasn't because of the guys, it was just because of the amount of people that were there, you know? And it was, it was like, you know, you take your clients out, <laughs> and you show them, uh, you know, 250,000 fish in a day's time, and you catch none. Right. 
And, and, and there's just people out there that don't get that. Yeah, for sure. Well, in, so, in, in all fairness, as you, you know, as you try to explain, I believe, and I'm, I'm, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe that, and I know you probably caught permit in the Keys, but I believe that because the permit fishing is so good on the west coast of Florida and that there's very few people that are as good at it uh, or have become as good at it as you have, I believe you took that as a sign of where you were supposed to be. Because in my opinion, you, you are one of the best permit fishermen in the entire state of Florida. And that, to me, I have two favorite fish. One is obviously the redfish because it kind of put me on the map with the tour. Um, and I just love catching redfish on artificials, whether it's docks or mangrove shorelines or out in the open in big schools, whatever it is. I love to, you know, take artificial baits and catch redfish in, in all estuaries. Um, but permit are a very close second for me. I love catching permit, and I love watching your show because of the energy that you bring while you're catching permit. It absolutely, <laughs> cra- it absolutely cracks me up. And because I, I think you you named your your show perfectly with true fishing, because I'm like that's truly how I would be. I would be. I watch you, and you act like you're 12 years old while you're doing your show. Um, and I get well, it. Why, why- I get it. Yeah, one thing one thing that I did that that you know, um, and there are a lot of guys that I know. I mean, I, I know the Blair Wiggins of the world and the C. Richardsons and the Rick Murphys and the Ray Van Horns and the Mike Andersons and and there's a lot of the other guys that I know, the Roland Martins. So I, I know a lot of these guys. One thing that that was that I wanted to do different than everybody else was is well, there was really two things, Mike. One thing is, is that you guys make a living, or I should say, try to make a living out of television. Um, you're hoping that your sponsors are there, you know, and all the things that go with it. To, you know, you make sure you have enough salt, enough pepper, enough water, and everything boils right, and everything goes good. Well, I didn't want that. Uh, basically, what I wanted to do was, is I felt as if um, I had enough knowledge out there you know, when it came to the permit and some other stuff like that, that uh, I was getting older in my age, you know, and I'm 56 now. So I've, I've been doing this as some people would say way too long. And my body <laughs> says that sometimes, you know, but uh, I just had a lot to share and, and I know fishing has been tough. So, you know, and back to the tarpon, you know, I just didn't, it just wasn't something that I was comfortable in doing. So uh, I just set out and, and I had heard over the grapevine that, you know, there was just a, an ample amount of permit in this area, you know, all the way from the Keys, you know, all the way past your house. Yeah. For so sure. I'm thinking, well, I've I got to figure these out because uh, I, I know that if you can find them, I can catch them. <laughs> I just got to figure out where they are. Uh, so I, I spent, um, I think it was like 2000 and, oh, I want to say like 10. I think that's when it was. I had just moved over here. So I took, uh, like, uh, I want to say April and May, I think, is what I did. I spent 60 days, Mike, on the water, and I did nothing but permit fish every single day. I took no charters. I would take a friend or two every once in a while, and I would go to different structures, whether it would be a wreck. Uh, whether it be inshore, be, I mean, what I should say, near shore, whether it be a ledge, whether it be a rock pile, you know, and I just spent my time out there. And uh, there were days where I didn't catch nothing. And then there were days where I would see them, but I wouldn't catch them. And then there were days where I would see them and I would just mash them. Well, you started putting all that information together. Yep. And you're like, okay, well, you can't fish this spot on incoming tide because they don't bite. Right. You can see them, but they ain't eating. So you got to fish this on an outgoing spot. So I, I kept those, I kept those nuts and bolts together. And you know, after a couple of years, um, it, it was just, it was great. And you know, to be honest with you, I learned more this last year than I have the last eight or nine years that I've been here. Hmm. Just on the way that these fish act at certain times you know it right. was it was really crazy i mean you saw my show 
Uh, and I had fished that just after a storm went by. Yep. Um, for the first time in my career, I was able to film uh, permit slurping off the top, which to me is by far the most incredible sight that I've ever seen. I mean, you take a permit that weighs, you know, 30 to 40 pounds and you have him up slurping crabs off the surface. (laughs) And basically he can see you with his eye and you're looking right at him and he's looking right at you and you're a cast away and you're thinking, there's no way I can cast this because you know, that brother's seeing what I'm doing, but you know, you, you learn and, and it's, uh, Oh man, it just makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. I just love it so much. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt about it. So that's good stuff. I get why. And again, in, in watching the episode, uh, uh, on your webpage there, I really could kind of see, um, your passion for it, you know, double hookups, triple hookups, you know, permit going crazy. I was just laughing watching it, you know, knowing you for so many years. And I was like the energy that you bring. Um, and to me, that's what, you know, fishing television is, is, is about energy. Um, and it's about teaching people something. And I think that your show does a great job of doing both. I think you just have always had an energy about you that I think that's part of what, you know, drew me to you as a person, uh, why I, you know, I like to hang out with you and like, I like to see you and chat with you because you always have an incredible energy. Um, but then the, the ability in the show to give people something that they can take from that episode, you know, my father who is no longer with us, but, uh, he was alive when I first started doing real animals. And, and my dad told me straight up, he said, Michael, he said, I don't watch. Now, remember, I grew up in central Wisconsin. So my dad, who retired from Mercury Outboards, was a, a big-time walleye fisherman, fished the Merc Nationals and all that stuff. Um, he said, I don't, right. watch, I don't watch fishing shows to see people catch fish. I, I, I watch, you know what? I've heard that so many times. Yeah, I watch fishing shows because I want them to teach me something I don't know. So to me, that's, that's the key. Now, I, I think there's a fine line. I think you can overteach. I think you can, yes. and I think you can over, you know, visualize it. You can worry too much about, you know, the pretty, the, uh, the, the picturesque, the, the, you know, the cinematic side of TV. Um, and you have to find that fine line in, in that. But I think if the shows that have been around a long time, um, and, and I've been blessed, I'm going into season 14 now. Um, you know, to you, you have to find that balance, and I think that you do a great job. Now, what what season are you starting? What season is twenty twenty for true fishing? It'll TV? be it'll be season three. And okay. I was just going to say, you know, when I first started, uh, and and I love your your, your your theory as far as the shows are concerned, because you know, over the last twenty years, we haven't had those kinds of shows. You know. I think there's either there's either been the lack of or there's been too much of. Right. And and even with your show, you know, when you first started, we were all new. So you 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 learn as you go. For sure. And you fine tune as you go. I mean I mean, Michael, you've done uh, you've done an awesome job, brother, you know, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your skirt. You know, you uh you have done a great job as far as your show is concerned. You know, you worked with your seminar series. You know, you do uh, a lot for your sponsors, and and, and that's that's just uh, that that's just a flat out the truth. I mean, you do a great job. Thanks, bro. Um, I, I I I kind of attacked it a little bit different. Um, I just wasn't uh, going to make a living out of it because I have I have a job that I do on an you know on an everyday basis that, dude, I'll, I'll never get rid of as long as my three my three bosses keep me. Uh, I, I love what I do. Right. You know, now I'll do a few charters here and there, but um, I love the seminar series that I do, and, and I love teaching people, you know, how to fish. But it's the human brain. You know, we can only take in so much knowledge at one time. So if I can feed people just a little bit here and a little bit there, and you know, and they take that boat that's sitting on the side of the house. It has, you know, three weeds growing in the front and seven trees in the back. <laughs> right. You know, if you can if you can get that boat out of the yard and you can get the guy or the woman or both to get out there in the in, in the boat 
and you know, and and when they go out and you know and spend, you know, sixty dollars in fuel and fifty dollars in beers and bait and all this, and they go out there and they don't catch nothing, it just becomes, uh, you know, I guess the word is a, de- a deterrent. People don't want to go out and be bored. Right. So if if I can if I can just teach them. And I don't care if it's catching mangrove snappers, you know, in, in the bushes or sea trout or permit or tarpon or whatever. Dude, as a, as a professional fisherman, as a charter boat captain and a television host and a seminar series guy, if I can just teach these people just, just enough to make them smile and enjoy our sport again, right. that's basically what I'm there for. I want these people to know that this is a privilege that there's a lot of places in the world you can't do this. Right. No doubt. You know? No doubt. You know, and, yeah. and we, we are very lucky. I mean, yesterday was Veterans Day, and, you know, we're a, we're a very lucky group of people in the United States because we do some things that most people don't get to do, and it's pretty cool. And, um, you know, I never take a day for granted. I'm always, you know, very fortunate to do what I do, and I've met some awesome people along the way, and you're one of them, so... If I can just teach somebody just to, even a knot, uh, a jig head, you know, a marabine, a live target, something right. that they can kind of relate to, that we can get them to, you know, maybe buy a bait or two to make them, make them more successful, then I feel like, you know what, I've done my job. And yeah. that's, that's basically all I try to do. I think there's a lot of us that, uh, and maybe it's our generation, but uh, there, there's several of us that have, have really kind of taken to that to where we're happy to just stop and talk fishing with somebody maybe that we don't even know and just try to help them catch a few more fish, you know. Um, some people get so secretive about it and it's, you know, it's like it's some kind of, you know, missile launch code or something and we can't, uh, you know, you it's can't crazy, share it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, the other thing that always amazes me too in, in this industry is is the the – the amount of large egoed people that we've had. So, so people like yourself that have done all kinds of great things. I mean, I never won in, in the 10 years that I fished the tournament trail really hard. I never won one. You know, I top five, I top 10. Uh, I had one year where I finished inside the top 20 in like all nine events that I fished. I never finished out of the top And 20. that's spectacular, bro. And, I thought, and that's what I thought. I thought, you know what? We didn't do quite do good enough to win team of the year, but by golly, you know, and, and a couple of those, I didn't even get to pre-fish. I had like, you know, three days. I'm going over there to pre-fish one day, see if I can find my fish where they normally are. You know, this was later in my career, so I had been there a bunch, and I had, you know, n- taken really good notes. I'm like, well, if I can get up on a couple of these flats, it's that time of year, there should be some fish there, you know, boom, and finish 16th. And I only spent three days there. Um, you know, all those things uh, uh, make me very, 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 very proud. But I, I always tell people that, you know, we've got some egos in this business and and I don't really understand it because we're chasing around a species, a, 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 an animal whose brain is smaller than a pea. And yet for some reason, there's people in the industry that get an ego about it. It's really just, it's the blessing of being able to spend so much time on the water, have a little bit of ability, um, you know, to put things together and think through some situations um, but it, it's one of my favorite parts about you is it, it's every time in the 20 years that I've known you, every single time I see you, and sometimes it's once a year, sometimes it's five times a year, but every time I see you, you're always the same guy. You never change. You're always just happy, tadpole, in a good mood, always happy to see me, um, you know, and, and I think that uh, that all of that quality personality that you have has lent itself to your success as well. Well, you know, Mike, I can't thank you enough. I mean, you know, coming from you, that's that's huge. Um, you know, it's it's I, I've worked hard on, on my career. Um, you know, just trying to stay humble. You know, I mean, I I have a career that most people would kill for. Yeah. You know, and I, and right. I'm I'm very very lucky. Yeah. You know, and you know, yeah. and, and I'm very very lucky. Uh, very fortunate to be and and to do what I do, but. 
you know, there's a couple of things, and, and I'm glad your listeners are going to hear this because we always said if you want to be a millionaire in fishing, you better start with two. Well, that is so true, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it is true. It is true. <laughs> because I, I can tell all of your listeners, and I hope you have hundreds of millions of them, but if you folks out there think that Mikey and I get rich, I got news for you, folks. It don't <laughs> happen in the world of fishing. I tell everybody. You know, we live. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell. We every, live a lifestyle. Yeah, go ahead, Mikey. Well, I tell everybody that you know, there's a reason that there's a TV show, two radio shows, the podcast, the guide business. <laughs> there's a reason that I do yeah. all of those things. You know. Yeah, because, that's so you can make six dollars and nineteen cents <laughs> to buy a cheeseburger on Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, I mean, it's and I'm the same. You know, I mean, I don't live a luscious lifestyle. I just live a fisherman's lifestyle. You know, I do a lot of hunting. You know, I do a lot of fishing. Uh, I've been very fortunate, and, and you know, as you, you know, over the years on the tour, we've met some fantastic people. Oh yeah. You know that that now, you know that now will say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I met you. I met you at uh, you know Joe Blow's bait and tackle <laughs> in uh, who knows where Alabama. Right. You know, and you were so nice to us, and you gave us a few baits, and you know, we took your knowledge and we went out and we caught a few fish. And dude, we'd like to we'd like you to come up to our farm and hunt some deer. You know, and and I have ten or fifteen of those people. That's you awesome. know, so you meet some awesome people in the world, and and I think as professional. Uh, whatever you want to call us, TV, radio, podcast, seminars, mm -hmm. fishermen, tournaments, whatever, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the lifestyle and we all pretty much are happy. So when going back to that ego part of it, our generation, we, we don't have that ego part. I mean, we're just fortunate enough and we know we are to be where we are. So we all feel lucky. Yeah. And, and, and in today's, and in today's world, you know, and we, you and I, and we all have different little machines, but there's no, there's nothing that's secret anymore. And everybody says, Oh, you know, you're in my spot. Well, there's two things. First of all, it ain't your spot. Second of all, I don't see your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. The name that I see is either Simrad or Ray Marine or Hummingbird because they told me how to get here, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and the technology that we work with today. Could you imagine uh, and, and this is just a, this is a, could you imagine if we had the technology that we have today? No. Back in the year 2000? No, 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 I can't, really can't. You wouldn't have to, no. you wouldn't have to spend 12 days pre-fishing. Yeah, the Navionics chips, you know, giving you one foot depression changes here and there. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Side imaging. Um, all the things that we have today, you know, the spot lock on your trolling motor, um, you know. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, think about this. Power pole. It's only 25 years old. The power pole John is 25 done, John years is old. The best, right, John is the best. He, he is the best company in the industry. No doubt. And the reason I say that is this. You know, you, you could sell the worst product in the land. And as long as you take care of your people, you're going to sell your product. Now, for John, he makes the best product in the land, and he has customer service that is by far second to none on anybody in the industry. I agree. And, and he takes care of every single person that walks in that door, whether your name is Billy Bob from whoever, yep. or whether you're a professional fisherman, or whether you're a dealer, or whether you're a veteran, or it doesn't matter. You know, rem remember when it was John Oliverio and Howie Gr Howie Green, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. You well, know, fourteen hundred fourteen hundred square feet. That original building was about fourteen hundred square feet, maybe maybe sixteen hundred, but I think it was closer to fourteen hundred square feet. And the people, right, right. the people that were working there then, the five or six of them that were working there when it was fourteen hundred square feet, you can still walk in his office and have a conversation with that person today. That's, that's correct. That's and it's amazing. Impressive. It really is. Yeah. Now it's a couple hundred thousand square feet. <laughs> yeah, and he's got he's got you know five hundred employees or whatever he's yeah. got, but 
You know, everybody that's there has done a wonderful job. Yeah. You know, John, you know, Scotty, Kurt. I mean, you could just go down the list. I right. mean, there are just so many guys. You know, Greg and Brian and, yeah. and CA. Everybody's been a huge part of the success. Yeah. And, and it's, sure. it's, it's such a company that's just, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to be a part of. And he sponsors my show, and, and, it's, and it's spectacular. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of sponsors because I don't quite do what everybody else does. So I have an opportunity to do some different things. You know, like if I want to go out and I want to catch trout on a Maradine, I can catch trout on a Maradine. Right. Because I don't really, I don't really have any, uh, you know, lure sponsors because my idea is, is if I can teach these people about all of them, as many as I can, because, you know, there's some guys that drive a Ford and some guys that drive a Chevy. Sure. You know, and those guys that drive a Ford, by golly, George, they ain't driving a Chevy. I don't care if it's $10,000 <laughs> cheaper and it gets 10 miles an hour more gas. I ain't driving it. So I kind of feel that's the same way when it comes to fishing. Sure. Some people have that knowledge that they're going to use uh, a mirror, you know, they're going to use a mirror lure, or they're going to use a Rapala, or they're going to use a Yozuri, or they're going to use a whatever. So uh, my idea is, is if, if I can get some of these companies, like I need to go talk to Mr. Bobnick, but if I can get some of these companies just to help me out a little bit right. uh, and not be so one-sided to so where I can kind of, my idea is to teach, not to promote, I guess is the right word. For you know, sure. I'm still going to promote those products because I'm going to, I'm going to use the products that I believe in that are going to help catch a fish. But there's, there's just so many varieties out there that at certain times in certain parts of the country, it's easier to use a different type of lure than it is this type of lure. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, that's what we love about what we get to do. We love the opportunity to teach people and all that. Before, before we wrap things up, I got to know a couple of things here. All right. 10 four, I'm ready. Okay. So if somebody, I like, I like oranges, I've only been in prison twice and I wear size nine shoe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Okay. How about this? How about if somebody wants, if somebody wanted to come and catch a permit, Charlotte Harbor area. When should they come to see you? When when do they call Captain Tad and say, Tad, I need to go catch a permit. I want to book a trip. What, is, in your opinion, are the best months on the west coast of Florida to catch permit? Okay, well, I got, I got two answers for that question, Mike, and the reason I say that is this, okay? So <clears throat> my I think the best time of the year to catch the largest fish of the year is it, it, a lot of it depends on the weather, of course, but it's like the end of February, March, uh, that, and that just depends on the weather. But over the last couple of years, those are going to be the times. Now you're not going to catch them every day. Okay. You're just not going to do it. But that seems to be when those big, those big girls are coming in to stage up for the next couple of months. And those big girls are the ones that get here first. Now, uh, once you get into the May, the June, the July, you're going to have those smaller fish that move in. Not saying that you can't catch big ones because you can. It's just that those big ones have been around long enough that they're getting smarter. Even though they have a brain the size of a pea, <laughs> they use it all. Yes, they do. No doubt. You know? Yeah. Unlike yeah. us who have a 12-pound brain and we use a quarter ounce of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, so I would say if you want to catch a big fish, you either come early in the year, that would be your, and you know, your end of February, your March, your first of April, or you come in, uh, in the in July, the end of July and the first of August is, uh, that's when's probably going to be your largest fish. Now you're going to have less fish caught, but better quality. Now, and in between those months, you're going to have quantity versus quality. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. I got to come down there and do that with you. And, 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 I'll, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, I learned part of that from a guy that we both know, Mr. Hyatt. Oh, Mr. Kim, Mr. Captain Kenny Hyatt's very good at that, tort, that sort of stuff. Very, very he, you good. You know, he, he has. He, 
he's taught me he's taught me enough to put me down the right path and I've had to learn a lot on my own but you know that's and you got to do it's trial and error but you know I, I did I learned a lot from Kenny and you know I'm, I've always been thankful of Kenny Kenny's always been good to me you know just like you and Billy and the little gang that you guys are up there and I've always been thankful I mean and, and I learned a lot I fished with some really some really talented guys um, on tour, uh, you know, Captain Billy Nobles being the first one. Billy really kind of helped launch me, my career. He was a Ranger sponsored guy, and it was the IFA was Ranger sponsored. And, um, you know, so Billy kind of took me under his wing initially, um, which was great. I spent a year on tour with a guy by the name of Captain Woody Gore. Um, and Woody was a, a, just a different cat, but a phenomenal fisherman. Um, knew a lot about artificial lures, taught me a lot. I spent a year on tour with Captain Jeff Totten, phenomenal fisherman, yep. absolutely a freakish fisherman, who again taught me Grandpa. a whole nother <laughs> a whole nother world of artificials and patience and how to slow things down. Um, he was really, really good uh, for my career from that standpoint. And then I spent a year on tour with Captain Kenny Hyatt, and I tell everybody with absolutely zero disrespect to the other guys that I was blessed enough to fish with Captain Ryan Rickard here recently and uh, Brian Clark and some guys. I've, I've learned something from every partner I've had, but the 12 months that I was partnered with Captain Kenny Hyatt was by far the most learning I've ever done in a year on saltwater because Kenny he's, is, he's an amazing guy. Oh, he is. He is one by far one of the most talented fishermen I've ever met. Um, yep, I agree. He's he's Kenny, um, and those people that know him will laugh when they hear me say he's he's Kenny. Um, so there's a Kenny factor there. Um, but when, there is a definitely <laughs> Kenny factor. <laughs> exactly. But but the the but the reality is, I mean, when when you're on the water, I mean, he took. I was still really green, and when, and and I learned so much about seeing fish. <laughs> And, and the habitat and the, the way they act and the things they do, he he taught me so much. It was really, really spectacular. So um, when you mention Kenny Hyatt, uh, it resonates really, really well with me. Now, again, uh, today's podcast, Captain Tad Vandermark, he is the host of True Fishing TV going into season number three. The show airs on Fox Sun Sports. Do you know yet what, uh, what show times, uh, days and times you're going to air yet? I know it's a little early for that, but... Do you know yet? Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. My producer and all the rest of the gang that, you know, that tell you all this. And, you know, I'm just I'm just a host of the show. So Good for you. I'm the guy that gets the information at the end, <laughs> uh, right. which is great for me because I, when I first started, I was all involved in everything. And the stress level was way too high for me. <laughs> right. uh, and I know people and I know people laugh at that thinking that, you know, this guy's been running around for 25 years with enough energy like the Energizer Bunny, but I will tell you, as you get older, that energy runs away quick. I might start <laughs> fast at the beginning in the morning, but as the afternoon goes, I get slower as the day goes on. Time for a nap, my friend. How so, about this? Tell everybody it, how tell everybody how they can find out about True Fishing TV, give out your website, and uh, a phone number to reach you so they can book a trip. You know what? You can reach me at uh, 239 989 Seven six zero two, or you can go to truefishing.net. Uh, that's on the internet. You can watch all my episodes. Uh, you can shoot me an email right from the site. Uh, everything's pretty easy. I'm a I'm a non computer, non social media guy. I try to keep up with the times, you know. Uh, so you can always reach me and give me a little time, and I'll get back with you. But uh, uh, Mr. Anderson, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I would do this anytime. If you need some help with anything, I don't care if it's seminars or if you just want to go fishing, dude, I would love to be a part of it. So uh, I can't thank you enough for letting me be a part of what you do. It's good to have you, my friend. I really enjoyed this a bunch and uh, appreciate you taking some time from your busy day and, uh, and sharing it with the Real Animals Nation, my friend. Uh, always one of my favorite people, and I hope to run into you soon, brother. We'll get together one of these days, even if it's over a beer and a lunch. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Talk to you soon, my friend. Be good. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. 
Wow, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast, Captain Tad Vandermark. Again, uh, you know, True Fishing TV, just a great show. If you haven't caught one of those episodes, again, truefishing.net. I highly recommend you check it out. He's very good uh, at teaching you some things, some specific things to help you uh, catch more fish on the water. Just a a great guy, just a great outlook on life. And uh, that was absolutely a ton of fun. Real Animals Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and ritampabay.com. Remember, it's really important that you take a few seconds and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps us out a bunch. And remember that the Real Animal Podcasts are presented by Contender Boats. We try to drop a new one just about each and every Tuesday. Sometimes we go through some stretches where we're a little tied up and we can't get them done, but uh, look for them to drop just about every Tuesday throughout the year. If you have anybody out there that you would uh, maybe like to have me uh, do a podcast with, we're always open to fresh ideas on somebody you'd like to have me interview, so don't be afraid to reach out to us on our social media outlets you can reach out on facebook at facebook slash real animals on instagram at real animals tv and on twitter at real animals fish you can always give us a call too as well one eight six six game fish is the number feel free to leave me any thoughts and ideas there as well tight lines everybody and thanks for tuning in I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on any of our programming, or if you have some show ideas you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you take time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means more than you could ever know. Without you, the listener, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to all of our programming. You can find all of Radio Influence's programming on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.